Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam Sessions, hosted by author, speaker, coach, and singer-songwriter Creelan Peters, also known as the Fear Whisperer. Listen in as Creelan interviews powerful people who have tamed their fears, learned to embrace their greatness, and gotten out of their own damn way. And now, Creelan Peters. Hi, and welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam Sessions. I'm your host, Creelan Peters. Today, I welcome Dr. Gregory Kanias to the program. And before I bring him on the line, I want to just tell you a little bit more about him. So he is a psychologist and professor known to friends and colleagues as Doc. And he takes a keep-it-real approach to his work, both with clients and in training the next generation of therapists. His easygoing attitude, coupled with a sharp insight that misses nothing, has made him popular with students and clients alike. His clinical work, research, and teaching have focused on the entire range of relationship issues from trauma, abuse, and infidelity to conflict resolution, spirituality, and self-esteem. He has worked with children, adolescents, adults, students, foster parents, and anyone who needed help to better understand themselves, their relationships, and their place in the world. Doc's goal is to use his considerable education and experience to help people to live their best lives. So welcome, Doc, <laughs> a.k.a. Gregory, <laughs> to the Thank program. You. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's so great to have you. And um, I know that uh, I've had so many female guests. I'm so excited to have a male guest today um, to to show people that, yes, even men can get out of their own damn way. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> It's not a gender-specific issue. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. So perfect. So I always like to kind of, you know, open it up and just ask you, you know, what's your kind of of get-out-of-your-own-damn-way story? What what have you been through? So um, probably about 10 years ago, um, I had a conversation with uh, one of my younger brothers. Um, I've been working in the field of psychology probably about 15, 16 years now. Mm-hmm. and Levitt um, have been, you know, doing really well in terms of um, clinical work and teaching, but not quite where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And um, about 10 years ago, uh, I sat down with a brother and was talking to him, and one of the things that he told me was actually pretty great great advice that really helped me to get out of my own damn way um, was that I worry too much. Did you worry too much about what mm-hmm. people think? Mm-hmm. Um, he used an expletive. I won't use that on your show, but basically, um, you know, blank them and, you know, get on with your life. So it actually really helped to change the way I really looked at things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it started me on a road to really choosing to define my own self and to live my own life and not to live my life for other people. Mm-hmm. You know, as a psychologist, you would think that we know that, but... Um, <laughs> And we do, for the most part. But I think, you know, there were some things that I, I was doing that I didn't realize until we had that conversation that mm-hmm. was preventing me from living my best life. Because so that's something that I really, really feel committed to helping other people do. I think in order to do that, you really need to get out of your own damn way in order to help people to do that same thing. I agree. And, I, you know, what I've found in my own journey personally um, and professionally is that because I can't I can't separate the two I don't know about you but I um, <laughs> tend to realize that what I'm here to learn I'm also here to teach exactly yeah I would agree with that yeah I don't think you can separate the two 
Right. So, yeah, no, I sure can't. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I mean, maybe that's a boundary issue, I don't know. <laughs> no, because I think that 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 um that stuff that we bring to practice can be good. I mean, obviously you don't want to bring stuff into a room of clients that is going to cause um them not to progress. Mm-hmm. But the, but the stuff that we grow up with, the stuff that we learn, that stuff if we learn those lessons, I think is useful to help walk other people through that journey. So yeah. I don't think you can separate it. I don't think it's necessarily a good thing to do that. Mm-hmm. No, and I think it brings that authenticity as well to our clients when we can say, yeah, you know, I've been through this. And, and you may or may not know, I'm also a licensed psychotherapist and mm-hmm. um, have kind of gotten out of that. But, but of course, that's part of my DNA now. You know, it's, it's ingrained mm-hmm. in me as a healer and a helper. And, you know, one of the things that I know we were kind of taught in the training that I went through 15-plus years ago was Mm -hmm. don't disclose. Right. (laughs) You know, and so my shift to to coaching is different. So I wonder how how do you handle that, you know, coming along this journey of not worrying so much and being transparent Mm -hmm. and a model to your clients? How how do you um, kind of manage that? I think it depends on the client. Um, right now I'm just teaching, and so that mm-hmm. is one of the things that I talk about with my um, students a lot is self-disclosure. Let's just want to, want to ask that question and want to know, um, should we self-disclose? Mm-hmm. Now, there's, there's, there's a lot of, um, I think, evidence to the point that that's helpful with certain populations, like if people are going through substance abuse. They really want to know that people have had that experience Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that they can't work with people who haven't had the experience, but I think it helps that person to feel like the person that they're working with, the clinician, understands their experience, understands the struggle, and can really show them what they need to do to move forward. Mm-hmm. So in, in that subspecialty field, I think a lot of people do self-disclose. With other issues, it really, I think, depends on the client and what, that person is going through. So I sometimes would, when I was working with clients, self-disclose things. Not major things, but because it's not really supposed to be about us. It really is a client session. Right, If right. I felt that in that, in that instance, someone needed to know um, something that was important, like maybe how I got through a, a grief issue or something, mm-hmm. um, then it was appropriate for me to do it then. Um, I am finding, though, now that I'm doing more radio shows and I'm writing and working on promoting the books that I'm writing, that there is much more self-disclosure in my writing. Yes. So I, think that that's, I think that's going to be interesting um, as, a, as those books are published. Um, I think there's going to be a shift there. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I could do a whole show on just that, but I know <laughs> that's, right. only, that's only part of it. My goodness. So I want to um, jump back to to what you talked about, which is that that worrying thing too. And and if we get okay. back to it, of course, the self disclosure. Because I totally agree, I do a lot of self disclosure in my writing as well. But yes. but I, I would imagine some of that self disclosure for you is about this journey um, and and about worrying or other you know ways that you've gotten in your way and then gotten out. So tell me more about the worry because I know everyone out there listening. I know you, and I know that you worry <laughs> just mm-hmm. like I do. And so mm-hmm. what what has that journey been for you? What what does worry look like, and what did you worry about? I think it's just a, it's just a worrying about, like, what other people thought. 
Mm-hmm. And that that was the point that he was trying to make, that I had grown up um, and am the middle child of five, and my siblings kind of joke that I'm my mom's favorite. And so I had pretty much, I would say, mm, I would say probably was favorite in some ways academically too. So I did well in school and um I think my, what my brother was trying to say is that, you know, you spent most of your life trying to please people, that you've been trying to do the right thing in terms of academics and career and all of that, and you need to you need to stop thinking about what other people think. And you mm-hmm. just need to, not not that it was a worry like anxiety, but you need to, to live for yourself, basically. Mm-hmm. You need mm-hmm. to make decisions that you're going to be happy with, decisions that will make you happy, and not think so much about, what society thinks, what the family thinks, what um, friends think, just live for yourself, if that makes sense. It does, absolutely. And and I know in my journey it, it was kind of that people-pleasing thing as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to be the quote-unquote good girl. And, um, and, you know, I didn't realize what a toll it had taken on me until I got, you know, past my degree and, and was working with my clients, too. I think I had kind of a similar epiphany. Um, and I have I have a sister um, who um, tells it like it is <laughs> with me. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> and sometimes the truth hurts. But uh, she she's awesome at kind of picking out, you know, those kinds of things. It's so nice to have, you know, people who are able to kind of hold a mirror up. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I, I totally can relate to what you're saying and, and about decisions that make you happy because you had mentioned that you were, you know, 15 years in the field and things are going well, but it wasn't quite where you wanted to be, you said. No, it wasn't. And so I think that that helped to to shift a lot of things for me, not mm-hmm. just career-wise, but also in terms of relationships and what I'm looking for in terms of relationships. Um, there was just a complete shift. Mm-hmm. And so um, I really feel like that that really helped me to move forward and to get out of my own damn way. Mm-hmm. So for the past few years, I've been teaching full-time, and I've always taught, um, but I've always done, like, clinical work and administrative work and taught part-time. And about two years ago, I switched to full-time work because I really want to do something that is going to impact the field and also help to change people's lives so that they're able to live better lives um, and help individuals and families to improve their relationships. And Mm -hmm. um, in order to do that, I think the teaching and speaking and writing is where I wanted to go. Right. And so that conversation has also forced me to shift things in terms of my career as well. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like a powerful conversation. It was. It was brief, but it was powerful. <laughs> I would admit that. It was very brief, um, mm-hmm. statement that he made. But it, it did help make a tremendous shift um, in how I viewed things and how things were going for me at the time. You know, that's interesting that you say that, too, because I talk to you a lot about that shift in perspective. I often talk about it's not really the big changes that mm-hmm. make the biggest difference. It's the, the small shifts in our perspective. Yes. Yeah. So yes. it sounds like you experienced that. Yeah, it was it was a small shift in perspective, but it, it had um, major, it made major changes. Mm-hmm. 
So just shifting the way I thought about things um, really helped me to move out of my own way. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm doing stuff that I really love right now that I might have not been doing had I not had that conversation with him um, all those years ago. That's great. So what did you kind of notice after this brief yet powerful conversation? Like what was it like all immediate that everything started shifting or was it kind of gradual or was it one area then another? How did that look for you? Honestly, it was it was immediate. Um I mean there have been some things that have changed much more slowly like me moving into full-time teaching. That took a few years to do. Mm-hmm. But there were immediate shifts in the way I, I viewed things and you know, I thought he was right. It's like, um, you know, don't worry about everybody else. Just start doing what you need to do. So um, I started putting myself out there more. Um, I'm I'm naturally an introvert. I'm not mm-hmm. extroverted. Um, so, like, public speaking and all that, I've done it, but it's not natural. It doesn't come to me naturally. And so um, there's been a shift there, too, where I'm putting myself out more, in terms of the writing and the speaking, um, I've done probably 20 presentations this past year at um, conferences. And, you know, as I said, I'm working on books and done radio shows recently. And so that that's part of the shift. Mm-hmm. But, to, but to do the kinds of work that I want to do and have the impact that I want to have, um, I had to get out of my way. And yeah. that, that was what that conversation was about. And that's small, it made major shifts. Yeah, and, and you know, it just brought up something else is um, I know for me, I'm an introvert too, and I, I tend to, um, I, I'm very uh, thoughtful. I think a lot about things. I, I guess I am a, a thinker, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> even uh-huh. though I also live in my right brain too with creativity. But um, wh- what I found is that um, I... Oh my gosh, I just lost my train of thought. I hate when that happens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that too. I sidetracked myself and I lost it. Um, oh. boy, oh boy, I hate when that happens. But um it does and that's, you know, part of life. So I'm this is uh, like I tell everyone out there, this is unscripted. This is life. So This is life, right. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, so I will just uh, bump it back over to you and, and, and ask you to speak a little bit more about um, some of those shifts and what you've noticed since all of that started. Um, I think it also brought up some um, conversations that I had with some other folks, and not just for myself but with people that are close to me, mm-hmm. about how we sometimes sabotage our success. Yes. And and that um, you'll want certain things, but you'll do things that undermine that. And so it caused me to look at that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, were there things that I was doing that were causing me to not do as well as I could? Again, in relationships, in career, um, just in life. Um, are there things that I'm doing that are undermining my happiness? Mm-hmm. So again, while it was a, a, a small or brief conversation, it had such a tremendous effect on other areas. It's almost like a ripple effect, Yeah, if you will. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense because, you know, when one little change or shift happens, it can't help but affect everything else. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, again, sometimes in small ways, 
um, and and subtle ways, and others, it's just kind of a big shift. It sounds like it was it was both for you. It was both a really big shift, and then there was also these ripples that got sent out that were smaller. Right, right. I would agree with that. So I caught my thought from before. Okay. <laughs> I <right>. remembered it, <laughs> and I, I made some notes so I wouldn't forget it again. Okay. Um, but what I was what I was thinking is that, um, and I was saying, you know, I'm kind of an introvert, and I I was kind of shy growing up, and most people mm-hmm. don't believe that about me now because I'm you know out there. But uh, it took time to get out mm-hmm. there, and as you know, as all the introverts out there know, it's 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 a process. Um, uh-huh. But one of the things that shifted for me, and I, I'm I'm wondering if this was similar for you, is that when I started to approach things as how can I be of service and how can I get my gifts into the world rather than um, a more kind of a self-serving goal of how can I be happy. And I know that that uh-huh. sounds a little off, but, but I think you understand what I'm trying to say is instead of like, Absolutely. oh, how can I do this for me is how can I be of service to others? How can I bring that out? And that really helped me shift and get over um, some of my fears about being more visible out there. Absolutely, and I would agree with that, and I I think that that mirrors my journey as well. Mm -hmm. I think as I've moved to um, do more for other people, I've felt less fearful about um, my own stuff. It doesn't bring up that stuff for me. It's more about the impact that I can make for other people and less about the impact. Um, the personal impact that it will make for me. Right. So I would agree. Absolutely. Yeah. I I I love that shift, and I you know I love when we can kind of point out these small shifts because, you know, some people think that it really just takes a lot. Like it takes like a huge major event or a catastrophe, and sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but then other times it just takes a brother going, "Hey." <laughs> You worry too much. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, stop it. Exactly. Right. Move on. So, yes, and it's amazing how just like that, that small shift can start to, uh, it really, it sounds like it really helps you kind of be able to, you know, get back on this track of being out there and being more visible, being vulnerable, as you said, because you're doing a lot more self-disclosure now. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. It's basically about living your truth. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it really, um, again, opened up so many doors for me. And as you mentioned earlier, as, as I've also shifted and made the work about other people and help, helping other people, so many doors have opened and so mm-hmm. many people have stepped up to help to get the message out and to make sure that um, what, I, what I'm doing is out there and it's heard. And, um, I've just had opportunity after opportunity when it was not about me, and it's about mm-hmm. helping other people. That's great. So what I'm hearing, too, is that it, that it opens up the door to receive support from other mm-hmm. people in, in unexpected ways to help to help you with your goals. Absolutely. Yeah. So, that, I mean, it's just like this one little phrase, and all of a sudden your clarity, you know, focus more on what you want to do. You may change in your career. Um, people are supporting you, and there's all these unexpected opportunities coming your way. Hello. Yes. <laughs> this is definitely a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's perfect. Why you want to, you know, make the shift and get out of your way because there, there are all kinds of opportunities once you do that that come to you. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Once we can kind of open up to that and 
And um, I wonder if you you have found that a little counterintuitive from a, I guess from a left brain kind of an analytical point of view of, um, you know, there's a way of thinking where we can be like, well, if I do this, if I plan this way, and this mm-hmm. is my goal, and then I get, you know, you get there from a very linear perspective and sometimes mm-hmm. it can be counterintuitive when you have to I don't know trust <laughs> have mm-hmm. faith you know that kind of stuff mm-hmm. well I think you want to do both I do both so mm-hmm. I have I have a five-year plan as you know linear and this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to do it but you know also trust I'm very spiritual so also trust um, that what I put out there will happen because um, that is what I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm very much a believer in my religion and spirituality, and so I believe that when I ask for something, it will come. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people call that law of attraction. I believe that as well. Right. Um, but I think what you put out there, if you put out that, you'll get that back. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with that too, and um, I think both ways too. And I know sometimes people come into, you know, conversations with people like you and me in, in the helping mm-hmm. professions, kind of a little stuck on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I find it really interesting to try and get that balance going because because like I said that that word came to me that counterintuitive kind of thing, of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trusting and letting go, especially if you live in the left brain world, um, it can be it can be hard and scary to kind of yes. let go and trust. Um, but but like you said, you have a it sounds like you have a very strong faith and a strong spirituality that helps you kind of balance that out. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I do find that that helps. Um, that helps as well um, in terms of me getting what I want and um, being able to do what I want. Um, having that sense of spirituality, having that sense that I know that whatever I put out there will come back to me. If you put out good things, the good things will return. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I love it. That sounds perfect to me. I think that uh, we can all learn from that balance and uh, and of trusting and from those small shifts. Um, yeah. have, you know, have you noticed anything else that, that kind of came out of, of that shift for you? It sounds like a lot of juicy stuff already, but I'm wondering if there was any other things that you've noticed. I think the biggest things were like career and relationships. I mean, mm-hmm. I can speak a little bit more on relationships, and it did, it did shift relationships as well, um, not just like romantic relationships, but relationships with friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, because once you make that shift and you worry less about what people think, and you're being more, um, you're living the truth and you're being more authentic, it can change relationships. And sometimes it, it, it can put a strain on it because they've been mm-hmm. used to you being a certain way with them. And um, other times I think it can be a really good thing for people because, again, people are going to be, if you're being more truthful, my experience has, has been that they will also be more truthful. Mm-hmm. They'll live their truth as well because you have now made that okay. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's being that model, but I, I'm glad you brought up the strain because one of the misperceptions I think that people have is that once they get out of their own damn way, that you know the light in the heavens above will open and there will be no uh-huh. more problems ever again. 
No. <laughs> no, it doesn't quite work I that way. I say it was so. <laughs> that is not the truth. Um, but, I mean, I think I think you can live a better and happier life, but mm-hmm. better than me is a problem-free life. Mm-hmm. So I, I will say that there there have been major shifts and great things have happened, but there's still things that, you know, I have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that shift in perspective even makes that easier to do mm-hmm. because um, I see it in a different way. So challenges um, are learning experiences. So there's a, there's a quote, either it's a blessing or a lesson. Right. And so um, either it comes right as a blessing and you know what it is and it's a good thing, or it comes and it might be a struggle or there might be some pain associated with it, but ultimately you pull out from that a lesson. Mm-hmm. So I've tried to shift um, my mindset to deal with even things that are more painful or crises or um, things like that in a different way. Mm-hmm. Although I'd rather the blessing, I'll tell you, <laughs> than the lessons. Um, and sometimes I laugh. So why why this lesson? Uh, I'd rather a blessing. You can keep the lesson. <laughs> I think yeah. that I've learned enough. I've learned enough lessons. But you, I think you get both. You know, my colleague, I, you know, you had her on the show, um, I think a few weeks ago, Dr. Harris. And she, what she's told me is that sometimes they're blessings. A blessing and a lesson, um, which is a, a, another way of looking at it. Right, right. It's it's absolutely true. I, you know, sometimes we'll be like, okay, I, I got it. I'm I'm done. I <laughs> I learned. Right. Please stop. <laughs> exactly. I think I've got enough. Right. <laughs> got enough. Right. I got my fill for now. Give me a break. Yeah. 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 yeah I think him, we've all been there for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, but I think the beauty is in being able to transform that, like you said, is. Is you know I can look back on on some pretty significant events in my life, and the older I got, I don't know there's mm-hmm. there's wisdom and and that comes with age and experience for sure. But the you know the older I've gotten, the more I've been able to more quickly see the blessing, yes. um, or the opportunity in some of the most horrific things um, that happen. Um, and and it and it doesn't you know it doesn't mean that it's not painful or scary or that you mm-hmm. want to sometimes, you know, curl up in the fetal position in the corner. Um, right. <laughs> but it's it's just a way of, of looking at it differently so that you can go, okay, I know this sucks and yes. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to get through it and I'm going to learn something from it. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's I would perfect. Agree. Well, I love that. I so enjoyed hearing your story and you. how your, your brother – helped shift you whether you wanted it or not at the time. <laughs> uh, anyone out there who has siblings knows what I'm talking about. So, um, <laughs> well, we've just got a couple minutes left, so I want to make sure that people have a way to get in touch with you if they want to learn more about your work or okay. it sounds like your upcoming book. Okay. So um, as you mentioned, I am an assistant professor in the clinical psychology program at the Chicago School of Professional Psychology, um, the L.A. campus. Um, Chicago has a number of campuses. I'm, I'm based at the L.A. campus. And so people can reach me via email, um, G. Canias, the last name is spelled C-A-N-I-O-L-A-S, at the Chicago School.edu. 
Um, they can also find me on Twitter. My um, handle on there is D-R-G-J-C-A-N-I-L-L-A-S, Dr. G.J. Kanias. And then on Instagram, Dr. Excuse me, D-R-C-9, D-R-C number nine. And on Facebook, Gregory Kanias. Wonderful. So people have a way to get in touch with you if they want more. And um, before we completely end, I would love to ask you to share any other insights you have with our audience about how to get out of your own damn way. Um, I think it's really about changing yourself. And as, as you mentioned earlier, we're both helping professionals. I think sometimes people who are helping professionals want to help people, and that that's always the focus. But it needs to be, you know, as you know, when you're helping people that you also are helping yourself and you're looking at yourself because you are really, when you're doing therapy, when you're doing case management, anything like that, um, even when you're teaching, you're doing something that can impact other people, but you have to have your own stuff um, in order. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's a great, great quote that comes to mind um, by Lumi. Um, yesterday I was clever and tried to change the world. Today I'm wise and try to change myself. Mm. And so really focusing, I think, on changing yourself first um, can have the greatest impact. Because if you're happy, you're going to make other people happy. Wow, very nicely put. Thank you so much for that summary, and thank you for being a guest on the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. And thank you all for listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam sessions. Be sure to stay tuned. We're going to have a lot more great interviews coming up. You've been listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam sessions with Creelan Peters. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and invite your friends to join us at www.creelan.com slash getoutofyourwayinterviews. That's www.krylyn.com slash getoutofyourwayinterviews. Thanks for tuning in.